Hey everybody, welcome to Tech Thoughts, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is episode six. Yep, I'm Jade, the, the incredibly concerned, but also smart one. And I'm Art, the equally as concerned, but also cute one. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute. So, as we said at the end of last episode, uh, this episode is going to be a little less techy and a little bit more about government overreach and how it intersects with tech. Uh, we are going to talk about the Earn It bill that we brought up last episode, um, as well as some other bills that have been brought up and passed in Congress. Uh, because I can see the way Jade is looking at me currently, I must say, as a disclaimer, uh, that I'm talking about U.S. law and not some weird, like multinational universal omnipresent law oh i see you're trying to say united nations but that doesn't work now does it no um, absolutely not but before we get to that um i am required to plug our after show uh so if you like us and you want to check us out more you can find us at tech thoughts podcast on instagram live every friday unless there's an incident at 7 30 p.m et go home I'm keeping that. It's a new bit. It's a new bit. It's a new bit. We're gonna go with it. No, yeah, ET, go home. You're right. Okay. Um, Yes, live at 7:30 p.m. ET, go home. Or you can find us at our website, which is Uh, breadnet.xyz/podcast. If you follow us on Instagram, it's in our description. If you're listening to this through Apple Podcasts, it should be uh, available through your app through the app you're listening to this through. Um, And if you're listening to us on Spotify, type the thing I just told you. Today's episode will mostly focus on. Um, the U.S. government's attacks on uh, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996, um, which is also known as the Telecommunications Act of 1996, Title V. Basically, what Section 230 is, is just the understanding that website owners and people who run them are not liable for the content that other people may submit to them. Um, for example, if you were to put a, uh, if you were to put in the comment box of, of a YouTube video that you hate white people then guess what well no one will care because of white people but if you said you hate brown people then they would be very very mad implying white people wouldn't get mad if you said you hated white people (laughs) that's fair but 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 section 230 originally uh made it illegal for there to be any kind of legal repercussions for the website owner yeah which as you can imagine is really important on sites that rely on user content to operate which is a lot of the websites that basically every social media website that exists today right um yeah social media uh, social media websites do get to operate at like a fundamental level um but it also affects other services um amazon ebay craigslist backpage listings and now if you've uh, you've caught on to the word backpage in that sentence you may be thinking what the hell is backpage which brings us to the first of the uh bills we're going to talk about this one actually uh, passed and this, this one passed and became a law. Yeah. Yes, back in 2016. Oh, time is right. It happened during the bad year when when the big orange took over. Wait, I thought I thought. Oh, no, it was it, no, no. Trump signed it into law. Yeah. Did you? Why did you say his name on our podcast? I'm just okay. sorry. Like I said, the big orange signed it into law. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes. Uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about. Um, uh, since we're trying to go sort of in chronological order of, like, these major um, laws that sort of have, like, shifted the way that the internet works, um, is, uh, if I say SESTA-FOSTA, will you correct me? I don't know how else to refer to them. I just call them, I just, I just, I just lump them together like Fitzsimmons and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Yes, um, it is referred to as Fausta Sesta now. It was it was a like packaged bill. They slapped them together, kind of. Um, so you're you're completely correct calling it that. But if you don't want to say the whole thing, we can call it like Fosa or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, Sesta Fasta. Um, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. It rolls off the tongue. Uh, it rolls off the tongue, which sucks because even though it's, it's an backwards, awful, awful thing. It's also backwards. <laughs> it's Fasta Sesta. Yeah. Okay, fine. It's Fasta Sesta. We'll call it Fasta Sesta. This uh, this is not in very confidence that we know what we're talking about. And actually, on that note, I will say, um, as you will know if you listen to our intro episode, um, which you should, you should listen to all our episodes. Um, uh, <laughs> as you know, if you've listened to our intro episode, um, I'm a liberal arts major, uh, and Jade has a BS in computer science. Neither of us are law people, um, unless you can count the two years of con law that I took in high school. Um, so we're not really coming at this from the perspective of lawyers, but more from the perspective of people who are very, very aware of how these laws have completely destroyed certain people's livelihoods. Yes, as well as weaken the fundamental nature of the internet. Yeah, definitely. So FOSTA-SESTA stands for uh, the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, um, SESTA, and the Allow States and Victims to Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, FOSTA. Um, don't worry that the letters are kind of just selective in that one. Um, it would be it would be like, as a FOSTA, is that good, you know? Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue. Right. Um, both were meant to amend the Communications Act of 1934, again, uh, Section 230 of the U.S. Code. Um, to, uh, say, create a, a specific loophole to make it so if if a website is aiding, aiding and abetting is what I wanted to say, but that's not great. If a website is aiding um, in the proliferation of sex trafficking, uh, um, this law makes it so you can create a legal case against them or take the website down. Um, and uh, you know when you hear that, you may think, "All right, that's that's not too bad, right?" You 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 hear that, and it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, you hear that, and in theory, it sounds good because in theory, um, well, in actuality, but like you hear you hear it and it sounds good because in actuality, sex trafficking is a thing that everyone can sort of agree is a bad thing that should not be happening. Right. The specific issue is that. Um, this particular law created an exception that meant website publishers would be responsible if uh, third parties were posting ads for prostitution, meaning even consensual sex work. Um, so, so adults whose you I, for who this is their livelihood are now told, yes, it is not okay for you to advertise your services on websites. One of the big reasons that there was so much backlash against this um, by sex workers is because it is infinitely more dangerous to perform sex work out on the streets than it is to be able to say vet clients online which is a service that websites such as backpage were providing partially yes yeah partially um and and also because of also because of how vague the wording is um, rebuilding those communities is kind of illegal. Yeah. You can't, yeah, it's, it's, uh, large tech companies saw this law and kind of hit the panic button. Um, for those of you who use the social media website, Tumblr, originally valued at $1.1 billion, mind you. Uh, hmm. Well, 
the the entirety of what was it Verizon the entirety of whoever was running Tumblr at the time it was who I believe either Verizon or Yahoo I, I I've lost track at this point I think it was Verizon though oh yeah, it, was, it was Verizon because it was sold first yeah um, yeah yes so Verizon the 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 company that owned Tumblr at the time uh, decided that the safest thing to do would be to pull all uh, I'm gonna say not safe for work content off of the website that is you know uh, pornographic fan art uh, people posting nudes for the hell of it people using the website for uh, the proliferation of sex work um, which again isn't necessarily a bad thing because in the case of tumblr it was a it was more or less a, a not regulated but like a tight-knit community so yeah. people yeah so people were already like warning in case of bad clients and all of that jazz um, but because the entity running tumblr at the time didn't want to deal with the increased levels of moderation it would take to just keep that in a safe way you know preventing uh to actually look at the content on their website and take some amount of uh of, of responsibility for it they decided hey let's just pull all of it uh so tumblr enacted a, a, a porn ban is the best way to put it um yeah. and when yeah no and really the thing that the porn ban did is that it devalued the company <laughs> well yeah well i mean it, it, it devalued the company it, the, that's sort of the 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 effect of what really what what i want to talk about which because i don't really care about the value of the company i care about like the community that was on tumblr and it, it destroyed entire communities on tumblr a lot of especially for a lot of like fandoms a lot of like artists and creators just completely moved off of tumblr um because it was clear that their content was no longer welcome. And especially considering the fact that Tumblr, Tumblr specifically, and we don't have to get super into this if you don't want to, but like Tumblr specifically, like implemented its porn ban in a way that I can describe as haphazard at best and grossly irresponsible at worst. Um, to the point where like completely safe for work posts were being flagged by the robot that was checking the post because that's one of the things like tumblr promised when they implemented the ban that it would be humans checking the post and that's impossible they, they have they have a robot screening for the screening the post to see whether to determine whether or not they're they're nsfw um and that kind of machine learning isn't really a thing that we have access to yet um well it's it's more like you can't target false positives very well with machine learning. So so exactly. again, here's, here's here's where I start flaunting the degree for like five minutes. Um, training a machine learning model to correctly identify porn is hard because yeah. what are you going to focus on? You're going to focus on genitalia. You're going to focus on like like certain aspects of of human physiology. You you end up at a point where a face will get flagged as porn because you're doing like like you're 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 doing like an aha gal face or some nonsense yeah exactly um, um and and i'd also like to touch upon that i think i think the way tumblr implemented it was very as someone who was there right let's put it like that as someone who was there yeah. um tumblr was extremely sketchy in the way they did it they um they blocked uh all nsfw content um from their search bar first uh so the search so before they blocked our accounts uh, they made it difficult. They made it impossible to search for it. Um, mm -hmm. They, they, they killed off tags such as like ones you'd expect for that. So tags that refer to any kind of sex stuff, all blocked. Um, and then, out of nowhere, they announced that they were going to um, 
one, yes, implement their their little algorithmic nonsense to to flag porn. Where then, yes, you are expected to get a person to eventually check it if you want. If you ex- uh, specifically set to appeal it, someone will yeah. look at it. Um, but, but that that's a process that I, I remember. I remember seeing Tumblr's are like 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 people on Tumblr talking about how like it, like they would send in posts for review and it would take like months to like hear back. Yes. I, I'm not. Yes, I'm not here to defend it. I'm just. I'm simply giving you a timeline of how it worked. No, no, it no, no. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm just providing additional context on that, like just how completely and utterly inept it was. Fair enough. Um, it went from blocking search, blocking tags, um, making it so if you posted new content, your account, your your blog, uh, would get taken down with no notice. Um, if you yep. didn't. If you were, if you were, if you willingly assigned your your blog as not safe for work, which was an option at the time, so you could keep children away from it, you know the thing they were worried about in the first place, really. Um, well, didn't they kind of use that as a weapon? All NSFW blogs were immediately like dumbed down into a basic form for consumption, um, and they could no longer, and the blogs themselves could no longer be searched either. They they essentially cut off the entirety of the, like the porn the the nsfw and like art communities on tumblr because they didn't know how else to deal with it exactly and, and yeah no please well no i was gonna say and like and so i remember like watching tons and tons and tons of creators just like completely abandon their blogs and move to like twitter or something um or other websites that would allow that kind of content um because it made no sense to, 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 to have a blog on Tumblr anymore. And, and, and the website now, I'd, I'd say, it's, it's not an exaggeration to say it's kind of like a shell of what it used to be because of the way that it was sort of like hollowed, like the, the communities were hollowed out during this. Um, or I was going to say, can you, can you, since you said, remember Tumblr valued at $1.1 billion, I was going to say, can you, do you, can you bring up how much it's, it's valued now just for, con- just for comparisons? Say. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. So uh, Tumblr was bought, Tumblr was sold to Verizon for 1.1 billion, and then what was it this year, last year, 2019, 2020, one of those, last year, one of those, last year, last last year. year 20, 2019, um, Automatic, parent company of WordPress, purchased Tumblr for three million dollars. Three million, down yes, from 1.1 billion. Yes, that is a factor of what, ten? Yeah. Yeah. So really, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, if you do care about like the values of companies, then you can. You, even then you can look at this and say like this was a ridiculous like this was a ridiculously bad move if you don't like you can just looking at like from it from like a user's perspective i hardly use tumblr anymore to be for a myriad of reasons but like 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 the porn ban absolutely being one of them um and the fact that like so much like 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 you can look at it from any number of perspectives like the fact that so much great art was lost is one problem but also just the fact that like entire people's livelihoods are now made criminal because the government doesn't because the government and then by extension like companies don't want to deal with like the potential liability is just ridiculous yes and it um i also believe that this is just further proof that our government doesn't understand the internet um and to and to further that um hey do you want to talk about kappa (sighs) yeah let's talk about kappa um, so COPPA is, uh, the Ch- Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, uh, which is a federal law that protects the privacy of children under 13. It was passed in 1998. Um, 
it's enforced by uh, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up, even though the law was passed in 1998, is that recently uh, in 2019, um, there was this whole big thing where uh, the FTC took action against YouTube and Google because of the way in which YouTube stores like advertising information in order to provide like personalized ads on channels that are that that, that have enabled monetization um it was found that they were storing and tracking the information of children um often like children watching on their parents accounts and stuff like that but like still children um and because of that uh the ftc uh took action against uh youtube and google and there was a settlement of 170 million dollars that that's 117 million dollars that like youtube and google had to pay out um and so what youtube and google did in response to this is that they basically also kind of hit the panic button and made this huge crackdown in order to basically say that all YouTube channels that were determined to make child-directed content could no longer monetize their videos. Um, except that the factors that the, the, the copper rule is, um, is using, that the Federal Trade Commission was using to determine whether or not content was child-directed include things such as the subject matter, visual content, the use of animated characters or child-oriented activities, the kind of music or other audio content, the age of models, the presence of child celebrities or celebrities who appeal to children, um, and other like and other character like like West characteristics. And the problem with that, um, if you haven't pinpointed it yet, is that in the very in the most broad sense, you're saying that all animation is by default for kids. And uh, I also like to mention the phrase celebrities who appeal to children is just so vague. Like, so what very vague. I like, know. You know, I, I, you know what I, appeals I, to I, children? Yeah. <laughs> Freaking everything appeals to children. They watch Grand Theft Auto videos and play Call of Duty. The world appeals to children. Exactly. And it's just like, it, obviously, like, I, I, I almost wish there was like a face aspect to this podcast, literally just so like you guys could see my face as I was reading the celebrities who appeal to children line, because it's absolutely ridiculous. And as you can imagine, like, like what we're, Jade and I are really getting at here is that all of those characteristics are so vague, like who decides what appeals to children. Um, and I remember going on YouTube during, during the time where like, creators were panicking because really what happened is youtube hit the panic button and and released these new these new guidelines and creators started panicking and creators started making tons and tons of videos about this and how it would affect their their channels and their livelihoods because i personally on youtube i follow a lot of art youtubers and a lot of uh custom doll youtubers um and that's the thing. It's like doll customization is a very, very intricate hobby and a very, very complicated hobby. And it is not for children. But a lot of those YouTubers were concerned that because fundamentally what they're working with is dolls, their channels would be flagged as, a, as being for children. Um, and the same thing goes for a lot of like the the art YouTubers I follow who have like a very, like very cutesy cartoony art styles. They were worried that their channels would get flagged as being for children despite the fact that there's nothing about their content that is specifically meant to be geared towards kids um 
and and it was it was it was just sort of that where it was like I I, I know that there were several creators that I were fo- I was following such as Dolightful and other and other and other doll YouTubers who were worried that if that if this went through they would literally have to stop making YouTube videos because they would not be able to afford to continue making YouTube videos because if they can't monetize their videos and they can't earn a livelihood from the content they create then they can't create that content as much as they would love to. Um, and it's also, it really, what really, what really, really bothers me about this is sort of like the complete and utter lack of accountability. Because it's basically saying that like creators are responsible for the content that they put out on their channels when really it's like, hey, you know, maybe parents should be paying attention to what their children are watching. Um, you're expecting parents to take care of their kids? Oh, you're asking uh, so much. Yeah, apparently. Like, like, like. apparently, it's not. It's suddenly not apparently. the job of parents to take care of their kids. It's the job of... <laughs> it's suddenly not the job of parents to take care of their kids. It's the job of, like, literally any random person on the internet who decides to make content. And the weird thing is, like, I don't know what the aftermath of this was. Because, like, it's one of those things where, like, and it's sort of, like, unfortunately, as... It's, as... It's, ju- it's just the reality now. No, I know, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, unfortunately, as things are today, like, it feels like every other day, like, oh, some horrible, like, life-changing internet law um, is, is mentioned, and people forget about it. That's the thing, like, 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 like even, even, even if... I guess in actuality, this didn't have like a devastating effect where I can't identify it the same way I can identify with Humber that like a bunch of my creators stopped making YouTube videos. Like I can't identify that effect in that same way. But even if this didn't have like that same sort of devastating effect, the fact that the the government and that the the Federal Trade Commission and that YouTube and Google thought this was like an appropriate thing to do is still just a like example of complete and utter just like overreach and not understanding how the internet works not understanding that like frankly like children are gonna find the content they want to watch regardless of how hard you make it for them to do so like 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 it's 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 not you're not you're not protecting kids in any meaningful way by doing this yeah you're, you're, you're just saying you more are difficult. yeah you're just making it harder for people trying to do their damn thing and speaking of using kids as props, as previously mentioned um, in our last episode, uh, we, we briefly spoke about the Earnit Act, um, also known as the Eliminating Abuse and Rampant Neglect of Interactive Technologies Act of 2020. And that wording makes you know they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Just like our, um, our argument over uh, FOSTA-SESTA did not inspire confidence. That, just like by, 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 by default, does not inspire confidence in what the hell they're, they're, they're trying to do. So the Earn Act pokes another hole in Section 230. Um, the idea is that online platforms are supposed to, quote, earn protections from liability. This, this act would make it so those protections would only exist if uh, companies were to, quote, voluntarily uh, comply with what are known as best practices to combat online sexual exploitation and to limit children's accessing to certain content through age gating and age rating preferences. Blah, blah, fucking blah. That's not the point. <laughs> Again, like Sesta Foster, you glance at this law and things are perfectly fine. 
but actually no. <laughs> the issue is that um, Ernit in particular is trying to uh, destroy encryption, which we have talked about in a previous episode. Um, if this were YouTube, I would say check out the, the card here, but we don't have a YouTube channel. Uh, we do, we just don't use it. Um, we can't. I feel like if we make a YouTube channel, we'll be infringing on a on a, our, our good friend, Mr. Tech Tips. Mr. Mr. Linus Tech Tips of 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 fame of the internet. Yeah. Which one? The one we want on a show? Yeah, the one we want on a show so very badly. Or Riley, we'll take oh. Riley. <laughs> of course. Oh my God, you really want Riley? I'll take Colton. Um, <laughs> anyway. These best practices would involve um, building vulnerabilities into encryption, building a backdoor, if you like the colloquial way to say that. Um, so that why so that the government could basically be like, give us this information, and you would have to. Yes, to. yes. Um, under the assumption that, well, with this they can monitor communications and therefore stop, blah blah blah, sex trafficking, blah blah blah, children, blah blah. Um, the issue is that once you put a back door into something you are waiting for someone to abuse it um the reason encryption is so important and the reason it works so well is because to everyone's knowledge you can't break it it's a safe box but if you have a key to that box no matter how super secret the key is supposed to be somebody's it it, it has it, there's the danger of it falling into the wrong hands and as an example for that um Travel locks, the ones that are TSA approved, uh, TSA, yes, TSA keys, TSA master keys, you can buy online for like a dollar. Useless locks. Uh, apply that to encryption. Do I want someone to spend one dollar to figure out everything about me? No, no, I don't. Yeah. And the fact that the government is even trying to encourage that, like that, be a thing that exists because they think they can control it. Is proof that the government doesn't know how the internet works. Yes, and to and to point that out a little further, because I want to I want to yell. I would love to yell about this. Um, the way the best practices are supposed to be defined um, are through a committee. This committee being made of nineteen of uh, nineteen members. Um, four of those have to be survivors of child sexual exploitations. Two of them have to have a law enforcement um, experience with with dealing with uh, with like child exploitation and all that two in prosecution uh for the same thing um two members with experience in matters related to consumer protection civil liberties or privacy uh two people with experience in computer science engineering uh cryptography data security or artificial intelligence uh <laughs> two people who work for uh two two members who work for a quote interactive computer service with at least three thousand users which I, I i assume is to represent large tech companies like google and facebook um and two companies who have less than 10 million uh 10 million users so like you know small companies um startups um stuff like that um the issue with this is that only 14 of so for this committee to determine best practices only 14 of 19 people need to agree um meaning that it's very easy to cut out the people who would supposedly care about your privacy um, being that there are four of them at most, including the engineers and the, you know, people with experience in consumer protection, blah, blah, blah. Um, you can completely ignore those people and still get your law passed. Um, also, the ors are not great because... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> artificial intelligence is not... Artificial intelligence is not relevant to encryption. 
Yes. Um, I suppose the reason they are bringing it up is because they would want uh, like a, like an automated algorithmic way to deal with like screening for that data. Um, they, they, in fact, one of the things they wanted to push was called uh, client side scanning, which was having your device be a narc for you. Um, check what you're sending. If it's bad, stop you and then tell the authorities. Um, and none of those are good things. None of those are yeah, good things. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's terrifying. Yep. Uh, it's also extremely concerning that you can have someone who does AI, but not cryptography or not data security. Because again, well, no, I never said this before, but um, there is not a lot of overlap in with computer science. Be- just because I have a degree in comp sci doesn't mean I'm an, I'm an expert in artificial intelligence or cryptography. At, at most, I'm one, and realistically, I'm neither. Um, <laughs> That's fine. I don't care to admit that. Um. Uh, also, and I might sound like an, a jerk for saying this, um, but I do. I do feel like it's worth bringing up. Um, uh, coming from like coming from a person who has experienced like sexual harassment and sexual abuse as a child, um, and coming from a person who has been very active in communities of people who have experienced that kind of abuse. Um, survivors are often not the best people to make laws about these things. Um, frankly, because we can often let our trauma cloud our judgment about what is actually like realistic and feasible and good and the, the sort of the, the first the first station is these laws are if you if you if you if you if you look at them like 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 we said like if you look at them at face value they're they're meant to do good things but you can't be willing to give up all of your security and all of your privacy to stop to stop something like this like you can't you can't like that's not a that's not a proportion that's not a proportional trade-off it's it's just it's not um and you're and, also ignoring and, all of the, yeah. all of the other communities that get affected exactly yeah. um so yeah like it's, it's just the, the the makeup of the committee is already problematic for what said committee is trying to accomplish and if you think we're being a little, if you think we're being a little harsh or a little unfair, um, we aren't the only ones worried about this. The uh, the ACLU, everyone loves that that whole thing. The American Civil Liberties Union, hey, don't forget about it. Um, actively admitted, it's a it's a quote disaster for online speech and privacy, especially for queer and sex worker communities. Oh yes, we're not dead. Uh, the the sex workers are still really mad about this, but it's just it's like FOSTA two. You know, it's not yeah. good. <laughs> you're you're poking holes in things that keep you safe. Like even if you think removing the barrier of encryption will make it easier to catch people, you're also making it harder. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, other other communities that get affected. Um, guess what the internet's used for? It's used for safe communication. It's used for being able to talk to a journalist about your issues without anyone knowing what they are, because confidentiality is important and things like that. Um, yeah. For, yeah, for, uh, uh, for, for, for domestic violence victims who are trying to like get it out there and not have their abuser know what's going on. Like there are just too many things that are getting ignored because of yeah. the 
yeah, because you're you're throwing the word child over it and 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 smothering it in paint, hoping it looks nice now. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, like the, the sort of really frustrating thing about these laws is the fact that they're using like they're hiding behind the idea of like, oh, it's to protect children or oh, it's to stop sex trafficking, um, uh, as if that gives them like the impunity to do whatever they want, and that's not how it works. Yeah, and and we we've, we've seen children used as a damn scapegoat before, uh, gay marriage. You know what's right there, right there. Don't even need to explain it further. If you if you need an explanation, please Google it. Um, if you haven't heard of homophobia before, I'm surprised. If you haven't if you haven't heard of homophobia before, lucky fucking you. <laughs> but yeah, no, like it's it's just it's just laws being passed by people who do not know what they are talking about without consulting people who would know what they are talking about. Um, to protect, and I put very heavy air quotes around that like certain groups of marginalized people while at, while throwing other groups of marginalized people completely to the wayside um because sex workers aren't people right queer people aren't people right uh, um, damn I'm, I'm double over not a person shit so yeah it's just it's not it's not the kind of future that like literally anyone who's using the internet wants it's not the kind of future any of us should aspire to and i know that this can probably sound very depressing because we've been going on about it for quite like probably a while while now 35 minutes but i think really what what we're trying to do here and the reason we we chose to do a dedicate a whole episode to this even though it's it's technically not as techy as some of our other topics is because like people need to care about this people need to know about this people need to i know that earn it um is still it's still Ernest Ernest is sitting in the senate and can and can still be passed it's still uh it's still being revised and i certainly hope it never gets past that step Um, exactly yeah but like if people know about it and care about it then we can fight it and that's that's sort of the thing it's just it's not foster sesta already passed all the copper shit already passed but like 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 we that doesn't mean that we give up on our privacy that means we keep fighting and fighting something like Arnett is imperative to literally everyone who uses the internet because even if you're not queer and you're not a sex worker and you don't think that like they'll come for you i think we've 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 argued several like several times in the privacy arc why the logic of oh i'm not doing anything wrong i'm safe i don't i don't need to worry about it is not is not good logic because this is tech thoughts and it's a show about uh what things are and what you can do if you are u.s based contact your senators yeah uh send out some communication make some noise because this is a problem additionally if you are not u.s based this still affects you what most large tech companies are u.s based you've heard of amazon you've heard of facebook you've heard of google they're all here and they all affect you too just because of that um and even on top of that it's not just major tech companies like the eu the european union uh has the general data protection regulation the gdpr um which overall is a less terrible act than COPPA. it's overall pretty solid jade keeps yelling about how great it is um i don't know anything about it but like i do know that it specifically has a provision that in effect basically like sort of makes it so that children 
can't really access the internet until the ages of the age of 16 or depending on like the decisions of certain member states it can be as low as it can be as low as 13 um but it's still not great to imply that like all of children's internet access needs to be mediated through the consent of their parents as if children's parents are somehow these magnanimous uh creatures who can do no wrong ever in their in their in the lives of their children um and we, i won't get too much into that but yeah it's just like there are there is reason for the world at large to be concerned about this even if these specific bills that we've discussed are exclusively in the in the united states i guess we're out of time yeah and that's the end of our time today yeah, that's the end of our time today. Uh, like I said, this episode's a little longer, it's a little more heavy, uh, and I do apologize for that, but I do think it is imperative that people know about this and care about this and get... And if we sound angry, like, you should be too. Like, this is... Bullshit. <laughs> like, like, these laws are bullshit. Um, and they're affecting and hurting real-life people. Um, much more than they are saving any of the people that they claim to be saving. Um, but yeah, that's the end of our time today. Um, if you are looking for us, as always, we are live at 7.30 p.m. ET at our Instagram at Tech Thoughts Podcast, um, or you can find us at our website. Oh, yes. Uh, again, brednet.xyz slash podcast. I already told you where you can find it, so go listen to that part again. Yeah. Um, and, uh, as a special treat, uh, feel, uh, make sure to tune into our next episode where we actually have a guest coming to talk to us. Hopefully it'll be our next episode if we edit it in time, but yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. I almost ended the call with you. I heard bye and I was like, oh.